This week's parsha is Parshas Lech Lecha. At the beginning of the parsha, Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells Avram Avinu, "The Gadol, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Vavarechacha, and I'm going to bless you. Vagadlo Shemecha, and I will make your name great." And then it says, "Ve'yei Bracha, and you shall be a blessing." So if you look in Rashi, Rashi says that, and it's a Gemara in Psachem, Kof Yud Zayin, when it says, When we say in Shemayna Esrei, like Avram, that has a footing, that has a source in the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised Avram Avinu, that I'm going to make you into a great nation. That's an allusion to Avram Avinu. And then when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Va'avarechacha, and I'm going to bless, bless you, I'm going to bench you, Zeo Yitzchak, that is an allusion to Yitzchak Avinu. Va'agadlo Shemecha, I'm going to make your, your name great, Zeo Yaakov. This is Eleke Yaakov. Yachol yu bekulan. Maybe at the end of the first brach of Shemanesra, which we call Aves, Maybe we should call it, we should sign off Magain, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. No, Tamalaymar, the Ye Baracha. You should be a Bracha. We always sign off Magain, Avram. Even though that in the Bracha, normally we make a Bracha where Chaisim, a Bracha, Me'ain, the Bracha itself. So you look back at every Bracha in Shemen Esrei and you see. From what's contained in the actual lead-up to the bracha, that's what the bracha comes to condense and to, uh, and to culminate with. But yet, in the first bracha of Shemana Esrei, the Gemara tells us that, You are going to be a bracha, meaning the bracha is going to be Magain Avram and not Yitzchak and Yaakov, even though that we mention in the actual bracha itself, like Avram, like Yitzchak, like Yaakov, and those are all alluded to in this Pasuk, but yet we're only going to be chaisim with Avram Avinu. So what does this mean? What does this mean that we're only chaisim with Avram Avinu? Even though Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are all in the bracha, we even call it Birchas Aves, but yet we're always chaisim with Magen Avram. So I'd like to explain it using a uh, very fascinating maramakim that may, you may or may not have noticed it uh, in the Chazaras Hashats in the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So in the Kedusha that, the, that we say in Chazaras Hashats of, of Rosh Hashanah two days and Yom Kippur one day. So the Chazan says, Kivayde Mali Aylam, we all say, but this is what the Chazan then says, Kivayday Mali Aylam, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Kaved fills the world. Mishar Sav Shayalim and all of his servants, all of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's messengers, ministering angels, ask one another, Ayek Mekayim Kivayday, where is the place of his glory? Lu'umasam Baruch Yameiru, and those facing them say, Baruch Kavayt Hashem Kaimai, blessed is the glory of Hashem from his place. So if you noticed in the, uh, in the Machzor, 
all the machzerim, the old machzerim, our scroll machzer, they all have like a little asterisk by the word aye. And under it, there's a delicious little uh, sidebar under that asterisk. And it says, I'll read the art scroll, the Kabbalists, meaning the Kabbalim, teach that while the Chazan chants Aye, in the olden days, the Chazan would elongate the word Aye. He would stretch out with his tefillah, with his voice, Aye would last, uh, you know, I don't know, a few seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever he would do it. And during that time, when the Chazan chants Aye for Aye Mekayim Kabaydai, so a congregant may recite one of the following personal prayers for sustenance, for divine inspiration, or for righteous children. So there's the Yeratzain, Yeratzim of Hashem and then you have a chance to slip in door number one, door number two, door number three. The first one is like a longer tefillah, it's for Parnasa. There's another option for divine inspiration for Ruach HaKadosh. You can have personal Ruach HaKadosh if you slip in the tefillah, that, that particular uh, uh, choice. Or for righteous children, for Banim Hagunim, Banim Sadikim, Banim Yechacham, there's another choice. So I always wonder, like, why can't I say it really quickly and hop all of them? You want something that you want all, but it seems like that the Arizal says, no, 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 you got it. There's one choice. You only can choose one. So which is the right one to choose? So I saw the other day, before I get to the pshat that I wanted to uh, share with you this morning, a beautiful pshat, but I saw that uh, they quote from a Mordechai Sharabi, who was a great uh, Svardik from uh, Temani Gadol. He lived from 1908 to 1983. He said that you have a choice. You have three days you have two days of Rosh Hashanah, Musaf, and you have one day of Yom Kippur, Musaf, to, uh, so you can chop all of them. And he says exactly what you should do on what day. So, for example, he says that uh, during Keter, I guess that's the Kedusha of the Svardim, so on Rosh Hashanah, on the first day, you should ask for uh, Ruach HaKadosh, for your own personal steiging. On the second day of Rosh Hashanah, you should ask for righteous children. And in Yom Kippur... You should ask for Parnassus, you should ask for wealth. So he's very diplomatic. He gives you, uh, you can taka, like, you know, cover all your bases just every day, a different, a different fila. I heard once a different shot, a different uh, mahalach, beautiful mahalach from Ramatisio Solomon, Zolgazunzain, you should live and be well, the Lakewood Mashkiach, who quoted, I believe, Bashem his Rebbe, Reb Eliolapian. Listen to a gorgeous pshat. Rebellion Lapian said that really there's only one right answer. There's a selection of three choices. There's three choices on the menu, but there's really only one thing that a, a good Jew is supposed, to, is supposed to choose. Which one is that? A good Jew is supposed to choose having banim tamidichachamim, banim tzadikim, Banim Hagunim, that's the right choice. That's the only choice. So if that's the only choice, so then why not just give us one choice? Why do you give us door number one, door number two, and door number three? Just get, tell us, give us the, this little uh, tefillah to say and say just the one for Banim Hagunim. Shatitin li banim taivim mukshayim ba'agunim lasik b'sarasecha, 
Why do you give us the choice? So listen to Rebellion's chat. He says there's only one right choice, and that's to have children that are hagunim. But the only way to have banim hagunim, the only way to be successful in rearing proper, good, righteous children is by declining, by forfeiting the option of the other two. You have to deliberately close the door of door number one and door number two if you're going to have door number three. If you really, truly expect to have banim tzaddik and banim agunim, then you have to look square in the eye the option of parnasa and say, listen, of course, we all need parnasa, but there's parnasa and there's parnasa. There are some people that are, uh, they, they make a nice living, but they don't go crazy over parnasa. They're able to figure out what career to choose, and then even within that career, they deliberately decide to choose something that will give them the option of having normal hours. They're able to come home and eat supper with their wife and kids, and then learn with their children, and do homework with their children. That's something that, uh, that's, uh, that's very, very important. I used to have a, in, in college once, in Turo, I had a uh, professor who was a very big Talmud Chacham. A lot of the professors in Turo Flapush uh, were big Talmud Chacham for some reason. And he, was a, he, was a, he went to Columbia Law School. He could have had any job in any law firm. He could have been making, you know, a lot of money. And instead, he was working for the city. He had, like, a, a, a job working as a lawyer for the city, literally worked nine to five. Um, and he spent a lot of time, you know, learning at nights. And, and, and I saw him learning with his, with his sons. And, you know, he was steiging. And I asked him, I said, you went to Columbia Law School, like, why did you, why did you take a job for the city? You're probably making, like, letter, literally miser of what you could be making. So he said he made a decision. He wanted, he, he wanted to be a lawyer, he enjoyed law, and he, he had a brilliant mind for law, but he decided early on that he could have gone for any, you know, white shoe law firm position, but then he'd have to work, you know, 12, 16-hour days. And he wasn't prepared to do that. He didn't want to do that. So he took a job for the city, worked nine to five, made a decent parnasa, and, uh, and then he was able to, uh, to learn a lot at night. Later on in his life, I guess he needed extra parnasa to help with his kids. So he took a job at, you know, teaching in Turo uh, night school, but like an uh, evening program. But, you know, but, at the, uh, but he made a decision that he's not going to go for the gold, in terms of Parnassa, so that he can have Banim Hagunim, and he does have Banim Hagunim. Ruach HaKadosh, same thing. A person has an option of learning by himself. Ruach HaKadosh doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to have, uh, you're going to become a Navi, you're going to have Ruach HaKadosh, you're going to know what, you know, the Ebishter wants every move, but Ruach HaKadosh means that you have your personal growth and learning. You're going to have Ruach HaKadosh, you're going to be learning Torah by yourself. With a chavrusa, go to a shir, go to a high level. Uh, but that too takes a back seat to learning with one's children. That doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't learn at all by yourself. Of course you should. But you have to be prepared to forfeit a lot of time of your own steiging, of your own personal growth, if you're going to be able to have banim hagunim, banim tzadikim. That's 
a big part of what Chinuch is all about. Chinuch does not happen by itself. Chinuch takes a lot of time and dedication, and you have to be prepared to give up your own personal growth, your own Ruach HaKadosh, in order to have Banim Tzadikim. There's a great Maisa about that as well. When Rabbi Reisman, um, who is Rashiva in Tarvadas today, uh, he was a Bachar. He learned in Tarvadas as a Bachar and Kailal, uh, and then he began giving a shear. He's a Talmud Mubak of uh, Rabbi of Pam. And, uh, and one, he was giving shear in, in Tarvadas. I don't know what, what level, what grade he was giving, but he was doing it for a number of years, and he missed the rigors of Kailal. He missed having a chavrusa and steiging and going to shear or going, giving chaburus. He missed a high level of learning that he was used to in Kailal because now he had to just keep on, you know, being a rabbi to Talmidim, which is amazing. But, you know, he was getting a little, maybe, I don't know, burned out, but he, he, he wasn't so, uh, he wasn't getting such satisfaction from it as he expected to, and he wanted to take a sabbatical. That was his idea. Take a year off and go back to Kailal and then come back and, and teach after that. So he went to Rapam and he said, what does Rashiva think? I should do. Like, is it a good idea to take a sabbatical? So Rapam says, no, it's not a good idea. He says, well, not a good idea? What's bad for me to go back and learn for a year, you know, with a geschmack, with a melos? So Rapam said to him that there's a Gemara in Chagiga that darshans a Pasuk in Malachi that kisifse kayen yishmeru das the Pasuk is basically saying that you should seek Torah from somebody that's like a Malach. And the Gemara says, If your Rebbe appears to you like a Malach, if you look to your Rebbe like, wow, he's amazing, he's like a Malach, he's, he's, he, he's just so special, so then he is the person that you should go and seek Torah from. But if he doesn't, if you don't look like at your Rebbe like a Malach, that's not the Rebbe for you. You shouldn't be seeking Tyre from him. So Rapam said, what does that mean that a, that a Rebbe is like a Malach? Does that mean that he has wings and he flies? Like what, what is a, how does a Rebbe appear like a Malach? So Rapam says that the difference between a Malach and a human being is that a Malach is an Aymed, and a human being is a mahalich. It's a pasuk that says this. What does that mean? A human being has the ability to have, through his choices that he makes in life, through nisyanis, if let's say uh, I'm tempted to do some an avera, and I, and I withhold, I withstand that temptation, and I, and, right, and I don't do it, so you steig from that. You're able to grow from that experience. If chas v'shalom, you do give in, then you fall from that experience. If I decide to learn, and I don't really want to learn, but I sit and I learn and I plug away, you grow from that. You grow, HaKadosh Baruch gives you tremendous yat dishmaya. If you learn, let's say, uh, on a time that nobody else is learning, you learn on a Friday after the shmuz, and everyone's packed out, everyone's doing their own thing, and you sit in the base madrash, and you're learning, HaKadosh Baruch gives you tremendous siyat dishmaya, tremendous bracha, and you're learning as a result of that. Because you're doing something against your teva, you're breaking your teva, you're, uh, you're growing from that. A malach doesn't have that. A malach is an ayman. A malach is basically a robot, pre-programmed. We know every malach has its own unique mission, 
and every malach is told what to do, and it does it. There's no, no nisyanis to a malach. A malach doesn't, you know, have to... There's, a, there's actually a debate about that. There are some sources that will say that a malach also has nisyanis, but it knows better because it's so close to the Kisya HaKavit, it's not a nisyan. It's, like, uh, it's like asking somebody to, you know, is it a nisyan for me not to put my hand in, uh, you know, in, uh, in, in, a, in fire? No, because I know that I'm going to get burned. So not an Isayim. For a Malach to go against Hashem is also sort of not an Isayim because he knows that he knows what the Ebeshter is all about. He sees the Ebeshter Kaviyachal. So but anyway, but most Mepharshim say that a Malach is an Aymid, meaning he has, he's pre-programmed. There's no Nisayinist to a Malach. And whatever he is, he is and that's it. So Rapam says that when you accept upon yourself to be a Rebbe, you become a malach, and as a malach you have to be prepared to be an aymed, because that's what a malach is. Meaning that even if you're not steiging as a rabbi, but that still is the expectation. Yeah, you're not growing as much as you used to grow when you were in Kailol, when you were in Beis Madrash, but part of being a rabbi is there is, you have to be able to forfeit some of your steiging, some of your growth, because you have Talmidim now that, ex- that need you and that expect you, and, and so once you're makabal on yourself to be a rabbi, said Rapam, now you're a malach in the sense that you have to be prepared to be an ayman. It doesn't mean to say that you can't learn. Of course, there are many rabbeim that go to a kailal in the afternoons or at night or both. And many rabbeim continue to and many rabbeim are so busy with their talmidim and the yeshiva, etc., that they, they don't have time for that personal growth, but that's okay. That's what they signed up for when they became a rabbi. So once you become a rabbi, Rapam says you have to be willing to sort of arrest that growth and just give your all to your Talmidim. And the same thing is true for parenting. The same thing is true when you become a parent and now you have children in Mitzvah Hashem. And I know that right now this is not Nagaya for many of you in the room, but it's going to be Nagaya down the road. So this is one of the shmuz and that maybe it's Kadai just to hear and to bookmark in your brain and, and later on in life you'll maybe refer back to it that when you're able to have Mitzvah a, a child so you have to be willing to be an aimate for that as well. You have to be willing to not give as much time to your own personal growth, not go to as many shirim, not listen to as many shirim, not learn as much as you were yourself before you had a child. You have to be prepared to give up that growth in order to better your child, in order to improve your child. And it's frustrating sometimes. Rapinkas has a whole uh, mimer in one of his svarim, how you know, people have the attitude like, you know, I don't have time to learn my child. It's like, you know, it takes me like an hour. Instead of learning with him for an hour, he's not on my level. I'm not going to... I want to get a chavrusa. Why do I have to learn with my son? It takes up so much time. It's frustrating. Like, he doesn't hop it right away. I have to learn with him. So, Rapinka says, this is your mitzvah. He says, mitzvahs take time. It takes a long time to find a lulav and esrog. It takes time to, you know, to buy matzahs. It takes time to, uh, to, to go to shul and to daven and to hear kriya satayra and to hear kriya shreifer. And, and all, it takes time. Mitzvahs take time. This is one of your mitzvahs that takes time. And it takes patience sometimes. It's not, you don't always, are, you're not always have children that are brilliant and that are asking great questions. Sometimes it's like a, it's a slog to be able to get through that time that you have to do homework with them or to learn with them on Shabbos or whatever it is. But that's the mitzvah of chinuch. You have to be willing to give it up. You have to be willing to give up your own ruach hakodesh. 
you have to be willing to give up your own parnasa only in order to have banim hagunim. So it's a beautiful yisai that we're learning today from Velilapian that this special tefillah of aye, aye mekayim kavayde, that you have a choice of three. You don't really have a choice. You have to choose one. And the right one to choose, of course, is what? Is banim hagunim. But in order to be zeicha, in order to be to merit having banim hagunim, you have to have three choices and close the door on the other two. Close the door on that super parnasa. Close the door on the super ruach hakaidesh. Because in order to attain banim hagunim, you have to sacrifice a lot of time. You have to give up parnasa in order to do that. You have to give up your own personal growth, your own ruach hakaidesh, in order to get to that madrega of having banim hagunim. Just agavorcha, there's a, uh, um, a great vart that's said on this, in the same um, topic by the great Panovich Yerav. The Panovich Yerav was a Kayin. Rav Kahneman was a Kayin, and he was very often asked to be the Kayin by a Pijna Ben. And, when, and he was a great speaker also, so everybody asked him to speak by the Pijna Ben. Once he's the Kayin, he happened for the speech as well. And he used to give a standard drasha by his Pijna Ben whenever he was speaking by a Pijna Ben. He said, was a great vart says that by a pigeon ben, if anyone was ever at a pigeon ben, it's a rare, it's a rare occasion. You, know, you have a lot of stars have to, have to be aligned properly in order for a, for a person to be zeichet, have a, have a pigeon ben. Yeah, it has to be a, uh, you know, you have to be, neither grandparent could be a levy or a kayin. Um, neither grandfather uh, has to be a bachar, it has to be a, it can't be a, a C-section, it can't be a, has to be, it, there's a lot of different things that have to come into place, fall into place in order for it to happen, so that's why it's a fairly rare event, although in yeshiva over the years we have had uh, quite a number of them, but it's, it's still a rare event, and there is a dialogue, uh, like a, a formula that's said at the Pijna Ben that um, a back and forth between the Kayin who's being paid to the baby, who's redeeming the baby, and the father that's offering money to redeem him. And the Kayin asks the father, my boy is Tefei, what would you prefer? Would you rather have your, your five pieces of silver, your five silver coins, or would you rather have your baby? So, of course, you know, the father answers, you know, I'd like the baby. He says, okay, great. Now this is, you know, give me your five silver coins. And you'll be paid to the baby. And there's a whole, uh, you know, it's a whole back and forth between the Kayin and the father. So the, the Panovich Rav says, what's going on here? Is there any father in the world that's a normal father that would say, you know what, I'd rather keep my, you keep the baby, I'm going to keep the five silver coins. Like, what, why do we have to go through this formula? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Zakta Panovich Rav this is really a tutorial. It's really like a, the Kayin giving a lecture or a warning or a, or a great advice to the father. My boy's tefei is not just for the pigeon Ben. It's a question for life. Because what do you prefer more? What, what are you putting your priorities in? Are you prioritizing the baby or are you priori- prioritizing the money? What would you prefer? Do you prefer the baby do you prefer having banim hagun and banim tzaddikim? Or do you prefer the other door of Parnassah? Which is it? Which is it? 
And the father, of course, has to say, I want the baby. Well, it's not just that you're opting for the baby over the money now at the Pigeon Aben. That's a layup. That's Pashat. Everybody is there for that. But what about later in life? What about when the baby is 5, 10, 15 years old, 20 years old? Are you still prioritizing the baby, this child, over the money? And that's a very, very great question. Parnas is very important. This is not something that, you know, we, we don't say, okay, you know, don't, get, don't make any Parnasa, just stay home all day and, and raise the baby. Obviously, that's, not, that's impossible. But you have to go to work and you have to make a Parnasa. But there's different Parnasas, like I said before. You have to know, you know how to choose Parnasa. And the choice of Parnasa, by the way, isn't only the job that you take. By then, like the Nisayan might be too much for you. If, let's say, you go to a law school, and, uh, you know, a very good law school, and you're, you're, you're going to get offers for crazy amounts of money, and it's going to be very hard to pass the Nisayan then to not take a, a Spitz job and to take a city job or to take a regular, you know, moderate job. The, the, the Nisayan of Parnassa really starts already when you're choosing your career. We've spoken about this at, uh, when, when I gave a, a couple of sessions called Great Jewish Life. It's on... It's online, you could find it, about Parnassa. One of them was about Parnassa, and that's how to choose the right career is really one of the things that the decisions that you have to make in what career to choose is, is this. What's a career that I'm going to be able to not be at work all, all day and all night? What's a career that I'm going to be able to make a, a nice Parnassa, a good Parnassa, but at the same time be able to spend time with my family, be able to, you know, to do homework with my children, to have a chabrusa with my children, to, to know what's going on in their life. I have a friend who is a, uh, who is a lawyer. I, I keep going back to lawyers because lawyers are notorious for, you know, for having to unfortunately spend tremendous amounts of time at work. And um, my friend was one of them, and he, he decided one night... He normally had to stay up till like, I don't know, 10 o'clock, 11, sometimes 2 in the morning. He'd come home, he would shower, he would dive in and then go straight back to the firm. But one night he says, you know what, I want to put my kids to bed tonight. I want to say Kriyash Malamita with them. I want to eat supper with them. So he came home a little bit early. He took off from work. He surprised his kids. He comes into the house. His kids were like sitting around on the floor playing uh, with Lego blocks or something. And they look up. And they say to him, Tati, is it Shabbos? They never saw him during the week at night except on Shabbos. They mamish didn't understand why he was home even. You know, they, they didn't think that's a normal thing. And so it's part, this decision about how to raise a, a child is really negated to you now even before you have children because it's part of, part of career planning is to figure out what am I going to be able to do that I have... The, the luxury, it's not really a luxury, it's a necessity, according to what we're saying today, to be home and to, and to uh, spend ample amounts of time with, with, with the family. It's very important for a father to be part of the family, not just on Shabbos. So there are careers that afford a person that opportunity, and it behooves a person to try to find those careers and, and make that career yours so that you don't have to be uh, having this terrible Nisayan of working so much that you don't even have the ability to learn with your children and to raise your children in a proper way. Just another Agavorcha is that I saw from the Ribbonover, one of the great Hasidish Rebbes, he brings this Ari Kadish, the Ari that I said about the Ayei Mekayim Kavayde and how, um, you know, that this is an opportunity to daven for these 
three things. So he says, the reason why it says in next week's parsha, Aye Sarishtacha, when the Malachim came to visit Avram and to tell him about Yitzchak, that Yitzchak is going to be born, they use a lotion of Aye Sarishta, where is Sarah your wife? And of course Avram Avinu says she's in the tent, Hine Ba'ayo. So the Rimanavar says that Aye Sarishtacha, that's that word is very specific. Aye is an allusion to the Aye Makaim Kavaida that the Arizal promises is like the ability for a person to daven at that point in Kedushan, Rosh Yom Kippur, for Banim Hagunim. That means that, and so in order to have a Ben that's a Tzaddik, which is why the Malachim came, they had to say, Aye Mekam Kavayda, because Aye is the Trojan horse, as it were. It's the promise of being able to, to have children have children that are tzaddikim. So the use of that word, aye, at that pivotal moment in history when they came to tell Sari Menu and Avram that they were going to have a child is very, very important because that aye, for some reason, that word aye is a, a great school of for having banim, for having banim hagun and banim tzaddikim. Based on what we just said, I want to go back to the Rashi and plug it into this vart. If you remember, we started this morning with a question of why Chazal say, Avram Avinu, you're going to be the Chasima. There's going to be Eleke Avram, Eleke Yitzchak, Eleke Yaakov, by virtue of the fact that there was a triple bracha on this Pasuk, V'Azchalagai Gadol is Eleke Avram, V'Avarechecha is Eleke Yitzchak, V'Agadla Shemecha is Eleke Yaakov, but you might think you're going to make a Chasima on all of them, bracha. The chasima is going to be in Avram, Magin Avram. What does that mean? What's, what's going on over here? So listen to what I wanted to say. You have to hold cup a little bit because I, I wish this is something that I would use, need a, a whiteboard for or a, a, a PowerPoint presentation, but try to hang on to what I'm saying even though I'm doing it verbally. Rashi said earlier that when it says he says that the road, when you're on a road, which Avram Avinu was commanded to take now to journey to Eretz Canaan, the road causes three problems. What are the three problems? The first problem is it's mima'etes perivarivya. A person is not able to have children if he's on the road. He's busy traveling, can't have children. The other thing is it causes mute mammon. You don't have the ability to wheel and deal. You're on the road. Today, you know, you have a laptop, you have a smartphone, you could trade stocks, you can make money even if you're on the road. But back then, you're, you're on the road, you're stuck. You don't have your office, you don't have your contacts, you don't have your, uh, your store, you're on the road. You're not making any money if you're on the road. It's another problem. And finally, metas is Hashem, it causes your name to be, to, to be diminished. And if you'd stay at home, you'd have a, you have a great reputation. Everybody knows who you are. Once you're on the road, nobody knows who you are. You have no idea. Nobody, you know, you're not walking around with, your, uh, you know, with all your yichas on you. Nobody knows who you are. So that's three things that causes problems. So for, to, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu you're going to go on the road now, so you have to counter those three negative effects of travel and he promised him that you're going to have all three things positively. So, and how is that? He says, which is the birchas Avram, that's a leke Avram, what's that bracha? That, the is you're going to have gidol banim. 
you're going to, even though normally you're going to not have children on the road, I promise you you're going to have children. So like Avram, the bracha of like Avram is shayach to what? To gidol banim, to having proper children. The bracha to Yitzchak, which was vavarechacha, that's like Yitzchak, that is for Aisha, right? Avarecha Rashi says you're going to be wealthy. That's the bracha of wealth. Even though normally you're on the road, you're not going to have wealth, I'm going to make sure that you will have wealth. So like Yitzchak is really the bracha of what? Of Avarechacha, you're going to have wealth. Va'agad l'shemecha, which we said was like Yaakov, that's shayach ta'agdalas shem, your own self. Your own self. Va'agad l'shemecha, your, your name is going to be great even though you're traveling. What comes out over here, Rabbi? Say, those three doors that we spoke about in the tefillah, the three doors of A, Parnasa, B, Ruach HaKadosh, personal growth, and C, Gidol Bonim, those were all things that were promised right now to Avram Avinu in this Pasuk. So which one do I choose? Which is the main thing to daven for? Which door do I choose? Ah, Bechach Heisman. Magen Avram, I'm going to always, you're always going to choose you. Avram Avinu, your significant bracha, the Eschelagai Gadol about your children, is always the bracha that's going to be chosen. Bechach Heisman, that's what you're going to choose. Over the other bracha, so like Yitzchak is the bracha of Aisha, that's personal wealth, that's Parnasa, like Yaakov is the bracha of personal growth. Gidol Hashem, that means your own personal fame and, and, and steiging and, doing, and being yourself amazing. All of that takes a back seat. Tavram Avinu's bracha, which is the bracha of Gidol Banim. You have to work on your children. Working on your children is priority number one. That's what everybody has to do, even though... By doing so, you're going to have to forfeit the other two doors. You're going to have to forfeit the door of Parnassi. You're going to have to forfeit the door of, of Agad Shemecha, your own personal reputation, your growth. All of that has to be put on the back burner in order to have Avram Avinu's bracha, having Gidol Banim, having children that are Hargunim Sadikim. That for a Yid is the primary mission in life. And that's what every dar has done from, from Avram Avinu till today. Look what we do for our children. People put everything into their children. They go out of their way to, you know, to, to send them to the finest yeshivas and to the finest base yakovs and to give and to give and to give just to make sure that they're growing up tzaddikim, hagunim, that they have everything that they need and want. That's what parents do. And very often it takes precedent over everything else in life, but that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. I always like to bring it a little bit practically to the Talmidim and Yeshiva because we're not talking, this would have been a great schmooze uh, to give to people that are, you know, married for many years and have older children already and parenting 101, but obviously it's a little premature here. And that's, that's good. And I told you that these lessons are not just for today, it's all for life. But you should know that it also is shayach even in your years in yeshiva. Because even though that it's true we're supposed to be shtaging ourselves in yeshiva and growing personally, but we have to be willing at the same time to give up a lot of our personal shtaging for other people. 
for other people. Ramesha Feinstein has a tshuva about this, and he writes about this in several places, um, in, and in several contexts. Once he writes about it in the context of just Stam, uh, teaching other people, another place he writes about it in the context of uh, Bali Tshuva, how there are so many people out in the world that are, that are thirsting for Torah knowledge and, and you have to help them. And so it's very important for us to give up of our own time to help others. Ramesha says, you know, as far as how much time, he says, I'm not sure. He says, perhaps, he doesn't say it as a, as a psak, he says, perhaps miser. So just like you have a chiv to give miser 10% of your money to tzedakah, you're, you're expected perhaps to give 10% of the time that you have to learn to help other people. Sometimes this is nageya like with chavrusas. You know, you, you were asked by a chavrusa to learn with you, and he's not on your level. You could, have, you could get a chavrusa that's more on your level, be more geschmack, you'll be able to gain much more and, and there are times for that, of course, also. If in first Seder, maybe it's better to get a chavrusa that's more on your level or even higher than you. But there are times throughout the day, it could be by Musar Seder, it could be by Night Seder, it could be a Ben Azmanim, Ben Astarim, whenever, that there are a lot of guys in yeshiva that could use somebody that's better than them in learning to learn with them. And it's very frustrating because, and I speak to a lot of guys every day, and they tell me, you know, that they don't, they're not comfortable learning so much and they don't understand it. It's Greek to them. And they, they need help. They need help. And they need help in shear, even if they know how to learn a little bit. But in shear, it's too much for them. They're drowning in shear. They're not hopping shear. And so you have a choice to make. You have a choice of your own Ruach HaKadosh. And that's, in yeshiva, it's primary. This is the time to shtag. I'm not saying at all that you should spend your whole day just doing you know, just tutoring people that are beneath your level, but there is still a very important part of, of our daily process in yeshiva, of our daily schedule, to be able to give up f- from our precious time to help others. I might s- extend that even to Lumidechel. Um, if there's people that are guys in your class in college or whatever that are you know, that are floundering and they're not doing so well, they didn't understand uh, something that the teacher said or maybe, you know, labs or whatever it is, chemistry, bi- or whatever it is that they're not hopping and you can help them, it behooves you to do that. You have to try to help people. Even though your own personal growth comes, you know, first, but but there also has to be some sympathy and some empathy and some care and love for other people in yeshiva. And, of course, it goes without saying that if you do that, if you give up some of your time and you spend it with other people who are less fortunate than you or less uh, knowledgeable than you or less bright as you, then it will, you, you will not lose. Just like with Meiser, you don't lose. You get rich from Meiser. If you give up Meiser, you actually get wealthier from that. If you spend time learning with people that are beneath your level, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give you kefal keflayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give you tremendous yat deshmaya to grow in many, many other ways. And so never feel like it's such a, you know, you're wasting time and you really could be doing this and instead you're doing that. It doesn't work that way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that gives us bracha in our learning. And if you're taking care of his children, he'll take care of you. And so this is a very, I think it's a very important shmooz that we, uh, that we discussed today. Um, 
the importance of making the right choices in life, at every stage of life, to know what's, what to prioritize and what not to prioritize, and to make decisions now so that you could have this proper choice later in life, to choose a career, to choose a parnasa, to choose a, a lifestyle that will enable you to grow as much as you can after you graduate and after you start uh, engaging in parnasa, and to give you the ability at the time, at the right time, to spend the mitzvah Hashem with your children, with your family, with your boys, with your girls, to give them the love and the attention that they need, because that's what Akadosh Baruch Hu expects from us. Have a beautiful Shabbos. Thank you.